Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or other healthcare provider, and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, Dewalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Welcome everybody to season two, episode 50 of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast, one that we're gonna call Tools for 2023, the gap versus the gain and the Eisenhower matrix. This is gonna be a bit more tactical today in terms of mindset. We've been in the weeds a lot lately in terms of strategy, what to do with your business. And as we close out 2022 and certainly looking into 2023, this is more of a mindset episode, something I think will be a little bit different, but I hope you're gonna like it. I certainly appreciated the time preparing for it and I hope you get a lot out of it today too. So get your pad and pen ready, take some notes, brew another wonderful cup of that Mila coffee. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. And welcome everybody once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports. I hope that you are in better health than I have been lately. I am battling an episode of the flu for what is uh, probably the first time in uh, two decades or more that I got hit with this. So if my voice sounds a little off again today, that would be the reason why. I do appreciate you joining me on the show today. And this is the the time of year where all of us as entrepreneurs end up taking a little bit of time to hopefully reflect on the business that we've built and the successes we've created uh, as we close out one year. And then we do a little bit of thinking and planning as it relates to um, the coming year, Uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, strategic planning session, uh, growth strategy, all the stuff that you hear us talk about ad nauseum on the show, um, is a, a really heady exercise uh, and really does require a growth mindset, a lot of optimism uh, and courage, candidly, on behalf of the business owner to execute. That being said, there is a way to, to kind of think through some things as we close out one period and, and transition into another. Uh, and I want to give you two tools, if you will, um, that that I use personally, and we use here at Polaris, uh, and I've worked with different coaches before um, on our business that that encourage this type of a mindset, okay? So we start talking tactically as it relates to mindset, that's a little bit of a a disparate thought process. Usually mindset is more strategic, it's grandiose uh, vision setting and things like that. This is a little bit more of um, a tactical aspect to it, I'll say. Uh, and and the first tool is a thought process that I learned uh, from a, a group that I work with called Strategic Coach out of Chicago. Dan Sullivan is the founder of that. There are a lot of Strategic Coach followers in our audience um, and, and in the industry. Um, and one of the sort of truths or kernels of wisdom um, that Dan shares with us uh, is something called differentiating between the gap and the gain. Uh, And 
he, Dan Sullivan and a guy named Dr. Ben Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y, uh, wrote a book called The Gap and the Gain. Um, I would highly encourage you to read it. It's a great book for entrepreneurs. It's a great book about mindsets. Um, and, and it will go deep into some of the principles that I'm going to share with you now. It's a, it's an easy read. It's a really solid read. And I know there are a lot of readers in the audience. So the gap in the gain by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy, uh, is, is worth your time. So what is the gap in the gain and, and what does it really originate from? Um, and if, if you think about all of us as you know, high-performing entrepreneurs. We're all driven. We're motivated. Some of us are career athletes. Um, we're arguably all at the the top of our craft, right? And and we didn't get there um, by just stumbling into it. Uh, it. It took a lot of risk. Uh, it took a heck of a lot of effort. A lot of sleepless nights. A lot of stress. Uh, sometimes betting the farm on multiple occasions uh, to get to where we are. And, and we're all hardwired to be achievers. Um, and that can be both good and bad at times. But that is what uh, makes our, our businesses successful because we're the primary drivers of that. Uh, just like all of you, DeWalker and I set quarterly goals, annual goals. We have a 10-year a big, hairy, audacious goal, BHAG. We have you know, a, a, you know, a one-year plan, a three-year picture, uh, five-year goal, all of that kind of stuff. Everybody has that. We're all working off of some level of metrics that, that we want to achieve. Um, and as we close out a period, usually um, a, a year, uh, we evaluate those goals in a binary way. Um, did we achieve the goal or not? Yes or no, goal attainment or failure? And it's kind of black and white when we when we start thinking about uh, what we achieve and, and frankly, what we fail to achieve. And that has proved to be a, a great catalyst for a lot of our success, both mine and yours. And what I would tell you is that working with Strategic Coach over the last couple of years, it's caused me to think about things a little bit differently. And, and for the following reason, that as entrepreneurs being hardwired and really driven for success, um, that goal attainment or failure type of a mindset can have a significantly negative reinforcement built into it. Um, unless you're just setting your goals really, really low and achieving 100% of them every quarter and every year. And, and I don't know anybody that does that. I, quite the contrary. Everybody I know sets really audacious goals and they hit some of them and they fail to hit others. But what they also fail to do is kind of take a beat and, and stop for a second and take inventory. And where you came up short on a goal, um, how are you measuring your progress? So if you got 90% of the way to the goal, if, if, if it was whatever the, the, the goal was, the 100% difference between the goal and where you finished last year, if you got 90% of the way to the goal and, and you failed to hit it, do you view that as, as being more failure? Or are you looking at the 90% increase over the, the prior uh, period that you were able to achieve? The things you learned along the way the the increase in capacity that you built into the business, uh, the great people you brought on board that are now starting to hit their stride in Excel. 
Um, this is a different mindset and a different way of looking at setting goals, goal attainment, and the evolution of the business over a much longer trajectory. I think all too often that you know we we evaluate goals as well we we didn't hit it so we failed and and we brush it aside we don't really take stock of everything we learned along the way that where the business is truly in a better uh, situation than where it was a year ago and and the things that we did build into the the business financial successes and otherwise that we created along the way versus just saying we failed to hit our goal failure is obviously negative reinforcement and there's an appropriate time and place for it, but it's hard enough being an entrepreneur. I think all of us would agree with that. It is hard enough sometimes getting out of bed in the morning, forcing yourself to do it again, confronting failure, uh, setbacks, and really moving the business and yourself forward. And if you have a gap mindset that is perpetually negatively reinforcing that stereotype in your mind. And it only makes your quest that much harder. On the other hand, if you, as Dan says, if you train your brain to see the gain, that is a much more positive mindset. Train your brain to see the gain. Take some, take a minute to relish some of that success, even though you didn't achieve the ultimate goal that you set out but it didn't mean it doesn't mean that you're an abject failure along the way you created a lot of gains you created a lot of successes did you hit the the ultimate prize that you were aiming for no but that doesn't mean failure and i think transitioning from a gap based mindset to more of a gain based mindset especially when we're transitioning into what's probably going to be a recession. Mindset matters. I think back to where we were uh, at the start of the pandemic and, and the way that thing overwhelmed everybody. None of us had ever been there before. It was incredibly stressful. All of you had businesses that were shut down uh, for extended periods of time. Arguably, there was nothing that any of us could have done to, to necessarily prepare for that. But a lot of us adapted to it, overcame some, some setbacks, and created at the end of the calendar year a, a really successful year top to bottom, even though we probably didn't hit the revenue number that any of us set out to hit when we planned it in, on January 1st. And, and that is another case in point of not just mere survival, but really taking stock of the, the incremental wins along the way, the gains reinforces the confidence in the entrepreneur and gives you a shot in the arm about how to move forward. So when we do strategic planning sessions with clients, um, before we get into the numbers, before we get into the vision, before we get into the objectives and the deliverables and all that other stuff that everybody loves, right? I mean, that's what that's what they come here for, you know? Th those are the sessions where we really roll up our sleeves and get down to brass tacks. It is a lot of fun. It is uh, a very rewarding, usually day and a half with a client, day to day and a half with a client. But before we do that, we take a second to talk through the gap and the gain. And the reason that that's so important that we start our strategic planning sessions with it is because we want to see 
from from the client's eyes, from the entrepreneur's eyes, how many of your goals did you hit last year and where you didn't hit those goals? Still, how much did you actually achieve? And I would encourage y'all just as you are doing your own um, uh, closing of 2022, if you do strategic planning on a, on a calendar-based uh, annual year, I would encourage you before you, you really dig into the numbers and start beating yourself up and, and talking about why you didn't hit what you needed to, I would encourage you just to take a couple of minutes and say, gap versus gain. Am I living in the gap of failure or am I really living with more of a gain-based mindset to understand just how far I've come? And I think that will give you a little bit more of a positive outlook as we turn into a new year that is going to be fraught with challenges, uh, but is also going to present a multitude of opportunities. And, and it is a mindset that is, uh, is worth cultivating and reinforcing. And the, the book by Dan Sullivan and Ben Hardy, The Gap Versus the Gain, is well worth your read on that. Okay, so now that we've evaluated mindsets of closing out one year and kind of transitioning into a new year that's that's going to be uh, let's just let's just assume it's going to be challenging. I think that's a, a healthy assumption to make. Um, a, as we think about ourselves as entrepreneurs, one of the challenges for me and DeWalker is the same as it is for many of you. Um, and, and this is uh, all the clients we work with. We talk about this. I've mentioned it before on the podcast. For those that we haven't had the opportunity to work with yet, um, we are all building growth-oriented businesses that all but mandate a transition on a personal level by the founder or the founders. Okay, so to scale a business, you also have to scale yourself. And, and doing that simultaneously is, is pretty damn challenging, really, um, because there's not enough time in the day. It's very stressful. You know the, the business you're trying to build and what you're trying to create, but nobody talks about the courage that it takes and the anxiety that it's going to create as you move into a role that you've never done before. Many of you are excellent at clinical dentistry. You have high case acceptance rates. You have a tremendous um, treatment envelope in terms of the, the procedures that you're able to do, the outcomes you're able to create uh, on behalf of patients. You're a master at your, at your craft when it comes to clinical dentistry. That being said, not very many of you went to CEO school. Technically speaking, there isn't really a CEO school, but you know what I mean. When you transition into a true visionary role and a CEO, it's different because you're creating the future of the business one step at a time. And there's not a predefined path for that. There's not a textbook to read that says, here's how you do it. If you do A to Z, you will be successful. Life doesn't work like that when you're an entrepreneur and you're building a growing business. And your personal transition away from a clinical role into a more of a leadership role is going to create anxieties that you have never faced before. And, and a lot of it is going to revolve around your use of time. 
Okay, time is a valuable currency in the business that that you are creating, and your time is the most valuable of that currency. So, your time up to this point may have been spent uh, at, next to a chair with a handpiece, you know, and, and that's quite all right. As you move out of that, you're going to take on more of a leadership role that could be some level of business development, looking for locations to build new practices or looking for targets to acquire in the local marketplace. It could be recruiting uh, new associates into the business, building a doctor uh, development plan to improve their clinical skill set. It could be hiring an executive leadership team. Uh, it could be uh, building out, working with an attorney to build out a legal structure, uh, transitioning your financial reporting to an enterprise uh, type CPA firm um, that that is able to do cost center accounting because you're going to build a, a management company and a call center. It could be any of these things, okay? Um, in addition to just leading your team and sometimes doing fill-in dentistry as well. So your time is the most valuable currency you have, and you are going to get stretched in all directions simultaneously when it comes to leading that business. All of us probably remember Dwight Eisenhower. He was the 34th president of the United States. He was also the uh, commander for uh, Allied forces in World War II, and specifically the D-Day invasion. Um, he is a, a man who is held in incredibly high regard as a military general uh, and as a political leader uh, of the United States. He's also a pretty heady thought type of guy, and I don't think he gets that much credit for it. And you can imagine the stresses and strains that he would have been under leading the Allied forces uh, as they invaded the continent of Europe. Um, I don't know when the guy slept. That is a, uh, a challenging position. And, and for those who study military history and specifically World War II, you've probably all heard that Eisenhower uh, wrote his failure speech about D-Day when they launched it. If that hadn't gone the way it did, he was prepared to take full blame and he wrote that speech to deliver it if the Allies couldn't gain a foothold on the beaches of Normandy. <laughs> uh, think about that for a second. So one of the things that made Dwight Eisenhower great uh, is a system, a matrix, a grid that he developed um, to help him through leading several countries in World War II. And then he popularized it when he became president of the United States. And it's now referred to as the Eisenhower Matrix. Um, and I will link, um, we, we use this occasionally with clients. I'll link to this in the show notes. You can download it if you'd like. Um, it's pretty simplistic, but it's very straightforward. Uh, and the Eisenhower Matrix is a four box grid. Um, and the for those who haven't heard of this, you may have read the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, it's a a if you haven't, it's it's a must read. It's 30 years old or something, but it's it's well worth uh, everybody reading. It's a book that I go back and reread every couple of years. Uh, it's really that good. And Covey has a, der a derivative of the Eisenhower Matrix in the book. 
And he, he Covey talks about things that are urgent versus not urgent, important versus not important. And those are the 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 boxes in in his grid. Eisenhower looked at it a little bit differently. Um, the urgent and important quadrant is for Eisenhower the do quadrant. Do it now. Uh, these are the things that are incredibly important. They are urgent, and they probably require you to to make a decision or you might have the only body of knowledge that allows for the decision to be made it involves your uh, your involvement um in it and your focus uh and it is the the urgent and important quadrant that is the do quadrant the quadrant that is important and not urgent is the decide quadrant um that is probably something that the, obviously, it's important, but it's not front burner urgency. And these are these are things that pr may require more thought process for you. Uh, and the way Eisenhower looked at it from a decide standpoint is to schedule a time to do it, whether you need to think through it, whether you need a pot of coffee, you know, turn your cell phones off. Uh, some undivided time, or if you need to marshal some additional resources and collaborate on something. But it is important that it gets done. It's just not urgent in terms of front burner. So decide, schedule a time to, to do it and decide upon it, decide who else you need, decide what other input you need and make a decision on it um, because it is an important task or topic that you need to handle. Those two that are important, whether they be urgent or not urgent, are, are pretty self-evident. You don't need me to tell you that. As you start to grow your role and as you start to transition and as you start to look at your time as it relates to being the most valuable uh, currency you have, we get into things that are not important. Everybody wants to involve the boss in a decision no matter how uh, deep the decision runs into the organization. Everybody wants to feel like they matter. Everybody wants to involve the founder, the boss, the owner, the, the leader of the business, because that allows the employee and the subordinate to, 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 to show the merit of the work they're doing. That's commendable, but it also can waste an unbelievable amount of time. And if you are trying to lead an organization, whether it's multiple countries invading uh, Northwest France or um, a political establishment and being the president of the United States or being uh, the founder, owner, visionary, CEO of a group dental practice, it is really important to be able to differentiate between what is truly important and has to have your input versus those things that's not important and that you should delegate or delete. And delegate or delete are the bottom two quadrants in the Eisenhower matrix. So these are not important and urgent, delegate it. Somebody else can do it for you. Um, uh, you've heard me talk about another Dan Sullivan principle called who versus how, or, uh, who and, and how. Um, and this is when you have when you're building a an organization. There there are things that there are decisions that get thrust upon you that that people want to involve you in. If it's not important, if somebody else can handle it, delegate it and let them do it. Get things off your plate to allow you to free up time and focus that time on more important tasks.
So this is the urgent but not important delegate it. It needs to be handled quickly because it's urgent. Delegate it to somebody else who can do it. So here's where we start working with entre entrepreneurs and we, we try to take a time inventory or a task inventory of where they're spending all their time. And I, I've done this on multiple occasions. And even though I know how to do it, and frankly, I know what the outcome is going to be, I still force myself to do it to understand truly where my time is going. And just because I do it doesn't mean I'm great at it. Okay. But it is a constant iterative process as my role changes in the organization uh, and as the demands on me change as the organization evolves. You will go through the same thing. And you have to constantly be thinking about where your time is going and what you could be delegating to others that should never even hit your, your plate or place a demand on your time, all right? This is incredibly important as you transition out of one year and you think about planning for the next year. All of us get really excited about strategic planning. We're gonna set goals. We can't wait to see what the organization achieves in 2023. It's all gonna be awesome, but very few of us spend the time on a personal level to really take an inventory of where our time is going. If you don't do that, you're never going to free up more of your time. If you never free up more of your time, you're gonna make less of an impact on the organization. This is critically important and delegation is an intentional pursuit of all successful entrepreneurs. The last quadrant, the lower right quadrant, and again, you can download, we'll link to this in the show notes, you can download it. Uh, is the not urgent and not important, delete it, meaning eliminate it altogether. These are tasks uh, that, that you do for some reason, probably because you've always done them, but they shouldn't, they shouldn't involve you. Um, they, if they're not urgent and they're not important, it is a time suck, it is a time waste, and it is something that you need to get rid of and probably stop doing altogether. Uh, if it if it has any merit, you're going to delegate it. If if in this quadrant, it probably has no merit and probably shouldn't be done uh, whatsoever. And that is why Eisenhower refers to it as deleting it, eliminating it altogether. He's got a great uh, Eisenhower has a great quote um, that that kind of sums up this matrix that I put on the bottom of it, and it says, "What is important is seldom urgent." And what is urgent is seldom important. I'll say that one more time. What is important is seldom urgent. And what is urgent is seldom important. I think that's a nice juxtaposition. And it really does give a lot of uh, uh, insight into uh, the Eisenhower matrix. And like I say, this is something we use with clients periodically uh, that kind of brings a lot of this to light. And, and I hope that this is something that, um, you know, you'll download and print off as you start looking at doing your own planning sessions for, uh, for 2023 and not just from a, a goal setting standpoint, but more from a time and a resource allocation standpoint. So, you know, as we kind of close, as we kind of wrap up today's session, again, this is more of a mindset podcast that I hope is a bit more tactical. 
the gap in the gain. I want you to live in the gain and not in the gap because I want you to celebrate your wins. I want you to give yourself, allow yourself to give yourself credit for the great things that you do, even when you don't reach the absolute goal. So many of you are so hard on yourselves and these, these businesses are hard enough as is. Cut yourself a little bit of slack. Give yourself a little bit of a break and celebrate the wins even when you don't achieve the ultimate goal. It's okay to do that. The second thing is, as you think about your changing role, leading the organization and growing a more dynamic business, think about where your time goes. Think about urgent versus not urgent, important versus not important. What do you need to do? Do it now. What do you need to decide on? Schedule a time to do it. What do you need to delegate to others and what do you need to delete outright? Those are the, the ways to think through your, where your time is going so that you will make a greater impact in your own organization as we move into 2023. I really thank you all for joining me on the show today. I hope this has been uh, enlightening at some level or, or impactful. If you've got questions around any of this or if you're thinking about using a third party for a strategic planning session um, as you head into a, a new uh, calendar year. Um, that is a, a one-day service we offer. We do it for all of our consulting clients, obviously, with full financial model and everything like that. We can also do them on a, a one-off day, um, much like a discovery day. And I've got a couple of those booked in early January as well. So welcome the opportunity to host you here in Charlotte uh, and go through some semblance of a planning session together and, and hopefully get your uh, uh, your mind right for the new year. I think it's going to be a year full of opportunities, certainly going to be a year that's going to be challenging in a lot of ways, but um, we're really looking forward to it because I think with all that comes a, a tremendous growth potential for sure. So thanks once again for uh, for joining me on the show. One other uh, note of thanks to everybody. Uh, we've had a, a number of uh, five-star reviews come through at least on the Apple podcast um, app, which is what I, I use for podcasts. And I always check ours <laughs> on a weekly basis to see if we've uh, if we've added any and we have. And I, I really appreciate so many of you taking the time to click on that um, and, and give us a rating and even a comment, too. Um, I, I would also say that I'm very grateful to those of you who continue to share our show uh, with your colleagues. We see the download numbers going up. Uh, we will hit another uh, 10,000 downloads in probably by the end of next week uh, and we'll finish well north of uh, 30,000 lifetime by the end of the calendar year. And for a show that's not even a year and a half old, I'm very, very proud of that. I'm very grateful. Thank you um, uh, for being in our audience. Thank you for the kind words that you uh, share on behalf of the show. Um, and, you know, thanks for being a subscriber. We really do appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you on the next one. Take care.